Hey listeners and welcome to the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Mellington. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, then we hope you enjoy this episode. But what is this podcast all about? Well, we tell the stories of doers, thinkers and creatives on the surf coast in Australia. Why do we do it? Well, we think the coast is a melting pot of creative minds from the city, country and coast and we wanted to get their stories out there. Each episode is packed full of insight and a good dose of practical hints and tips from our guests. Our guest today is a talented Australian designer, Jodie Hayes, who runs local Torquay denim retailer Scout for Vintage. She has a passion for creativity, design and fashion in the denim industry. If you're a fashion lover and want to create a sustainable brand, then you'll love this episode. Jodie runs her business in the heart of Torquay. She aims to sell vintage garments and give each garment a second life beyond landfill. Jodie has a creative soul and has had a go at running multiple businesses at a young age. Tune in for an in-depth chat with Jodie about what it was like to dive headfirst into business. We talk about much more including Jodie's passion for the denim industry and where she hopes to take her business in the future. Jodie is super down to earth and we loved hearing her story. Leave us a rating on iTunes after the show or better yet, share the episode with one friend. Once again, I'm your host, Jessica Mallington, and this is episode 47 of the Surf Coast Creatives podcast. Enjoy. Well, it's a very warm Tuesday morning. Is it Tuesday morning? <laughs> Tuesday morning. Welcome to Jodie Hayes. Thank you. From the Scout for Vintage, a little boutique retailer here based in Torquay, doing mm-hmm. great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll gave, just gave our audience a, a quick intro before, so we'll jump right into our icebreaker segment and then get into your story. But uh, question number one, where, did, where were you born? Where did you grow up? I was born in New South Wales, in, in Barrel. Ah, Barrel. Barrel. Don Bradman country. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Don Bradman's on our welcome sign. <laughs> yeah. Come in, yeah. Um, he wasn't actually... Born there. Born there, was he? Canoundra, I yeah. think is where he was born. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we know the whole story. But yeah. You've, you've claimed him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have a museum there that basically every school kid has to go to. It's kind of in the Highlands curriculum. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was born in Barrel and grew up there on the Southern Highlands. And when I was there, it was a tiny little country sort of town. But I think now it's... It's like Dalesford. Exactly. It's gone off. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all upmarket. Even the career ground is just sensational. Yeah, it's um, all it's, just fancy vineyards and yeah. oh, wow. it's all about bed and breakfast and stuff up there now. But it's got this wide picket fence around the career ground. It's perfectly yeah. flat. Yeah, that was always like that. Yeah, oh, it was. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's why Bradman was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> place yeah. to play. <laughs> I went there three years ago being a cricket tragic and always oh, wanted yeah. to go there and always knew about the place and... Dropped into the museum, it's magnificent. Yeah, it's nice. So how did you end up on the surf coast? Well, I I travelled, like lived a bunch of different places. when I, I left the Highlands when I was 18 and um, I ended up studying design at RMIT in Melbourne mm-hmm. and then um, kind of being a small town girl, I guess, I got sick of the city and I wanted to move to the coast and at that point, Torquay was tiny. Yeah. Um, that was Just a little fishing village. Yeah, it was almost like almost ten years ago, and so. Oh, so it was getting there. Yeah, like none of Warra Lily and wa- yeah. that sort of existed, mm. um, and so it was either I was going to go to the peninsula or Torquay, and I was like, not the peninsula, I'll come down here, and then I just yeah, this is where I landed. Yeah, cool. That's we'll awesome. get into more of your story a little bit later, but uh, question number two, Jess. 
Um, are you a full-time or part-time creative? Full-time, I guess, yep, now. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, full-time. So full-time, I came full-time in January this year. Okay. So I opened the store in October mm-hmm. um, and then went full-time in Jan. But, I mean, I've been doing the hustle side jobs for 10 years. Like, yep. I've always done bar work. And it's just, so it's, I, I kind of like to say it hasn't been since October. It's been, like, forever yeah, that I've been doing yeah. that. Yeah, it wasn't fast. That's kind of the surf coast way, isn't it? Or the small town way to have multiple jobs. Yeah. Or especially for someone who's got a bit of a side hustle and a project going on. Yeah. You kind of need that stuff. I've done everything, like (laughs) every job, cleaning, bartending, like sewing, everything, and all at once. So skills that have come in handy now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And question number four, camper or glamper? Camper, but I th- I think both are good. Yeah. Like I think if you're gonna go camping, rough it and do camping, and if you mm. go glamping, like do the hot tub and do it all. Like yeah. don't do little bits of both. I think both have their place for sure. But yeah. camping, I grew up camping. Yeah, that's cool. I, mm. I hadn't thought of the hot tub actually. Yeah. <laughs> glamping. Absolutely. Nice to do that next time, Jess. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you know those ones that have the um the fire underneath. Oh wow. Just the yeah. bathtub and yeah. looking at the stars. That's nice. I'll try that out at home. Get the bathtub out. Absolutely, yeah. Light a little fire. (laughs) We've just been roughing it up in New South Wales. We had a holiday up near Jarvis Bay and. During that last lockdown. Kayama. So did you. Absolutely freezing. Did you. Oh, Kayama, yeah. That's sort of not far from where I. from the Highlands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the blowhole. Did you go see the blowhole? Yeah. Yeah. We saw the signpost for Barrel too. Yeah. Yeah. It is cold sort of on that coast. Yeah. We actually had pretty good weather, but um, yeah, it was amazing. Got mm. colder and colder the closer we got to Victoria. Mm. Abs- of course. Yeah. And, mm. and for borders to open. Yeah. Well, so that was all a bit <laughs> glum. But uh, question number five, got a favourite TV series to zone out when you're not working and... Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, so Handmaid's Tale is something oh, that yeah. I fully get into. But I've been super slack this season because it's kind of dark and you can't really binge it. It's just super heavy. Do you guys watch it? I don't, but a lot of my clients, they watch it and they love it. It's so good. Um, But they say the same thing. It's really heavy. It's so heavy, but it's so good. And then I think I just... I haven't seen the last episode, but I know it. But Celebrity Apprentice, I just loved that as Ah. well. (laughs) Surprisingly, I thought it was going to be crap, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, the, I can't, th- the lady, it's the grand finals last week, wasn't it? Yeah, and I haven't watched it, but I know who wins, but yeah, uh, yeah. so. Um, oh, we won't give it away. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love Ross Noble, though. Like, he's yeah, amazing. He's, he's amazing. He's just a lovable dag who is a genius that nobody really... comes up with some wacko ideas. Yeah. They were doing the ice cream challenge, and... You come up with one where they have... Little hammers. Yeah, little that's hammers. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You smash the ice cream. And, and, and everyone said it was shit, and then that was the thing that got them across. Everybody yeah. loved it. I didn't see the rest of that episode, but I just thought, wow. Well, it was great. It ended up being great Did in his win? mind. Uh, no, they lost. Uh, <laughs> but he helped it. Yeah, mm. yeah. real lateral thinker. Yeah. Uh, question six, a good one, actually. Busy during COVID or... I flat? mean, which COVID? Uh, I guess, let's go for 2021. Sorry. I guess 2020 is fairly obvious about what happened and well you started your business in October yeah. which would have been yeah so I was on I was managing Aries pub um, yeah. during that time and I went on JobKeeper because we were closed and so that space of time gave me 
what I needed to plan and start my business. Um, I just kind of used JobKeeper as sort of like a salary that I was pretending I was paying myself to work on the business. So I would get up and it'd be like a work day. Mm. Um, And then, and then, yeah, come October when we were released and I was able to open the shop. Um, And then this year, I I didn't, I was like, oh, I'm not going to go through another one. Like I was the lucky one that got the shop out of COVID. And then we've had two, like a little mini five-dayer and then the last one that was a couple of weeks. But as I was saying to you guys before, like the last one has been a bit of a hit. It just, I was getting really busy and then it just stops people's rhythm. But I mean, I'm really lucky, super, super lucky with the way it's been. Yeah. My customers come in, knock on my door and they're just so supportive. They just give you the thumbs up. They love the shop. Yeah. So I've had, I've been able to be really well supported by the customers through both COVIDs or all of them, whatever, however many we've had now. <laughs> so it's just that disruption. It's not really like there's been that support from the government initially anyway, but it's just that disruption in terms of customer flow. and. Yeah, like I got the support traffic. through the government when I was on JobKeeper hired by another business, but there being a small business, well, I've kind of fallen through those cracks of um, the government support. So it's been all on me. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so it, when I, cause it's just me running this business, if the door's closed, it doesn't, I don't have income, like that's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just because it was busy beforehand, I was able to just kind of float through. Mm. Oh, good. So when the lockdowns happen, do you go, can you come into the sh- um, shop and then work from here? Yeah. So I, um, because it's just me, yeah. um, I come through and I have alterations and I'll just kind of use that as a time to catch up on yep. those so that when doors open again people can just come straight in and open it and then yeah, yeah kind of stuff on the rack is basically like just cash in the bank in a way you yeah. know yep. you know that that's coming in so yeah. yeah yeah it's a good way to think of it yeah there's a rack full of clothes there so that's all cash in the bank yeah what's your favorite place to go for a coffee in Torque? Lada. Lada? Simply oh, yeah. because of the chocolate. Yes. Same. It's such a treat. It's come up with quite a few times, Lada. Oh, God, yeah. it's such a treat. I ask for extra. Yeah. <laughs> and I only get cappuccinos there yeah. for that reason. Yeah, exactly. But if you go for, like, if you, if you want, like, a coffee coffee, I love also the one. Lada first, but then also the kiosk. Um, is it the kiosk? Yeah, I feel The like rusty that. one? No, the, what's that called? The um, one on Back Beach. Um, oh, the third wave kiosk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're awesome as yeah. well. Like to go for a walk and then just grab a coffee. Yeah. And they're good. Are they yeah. the ones with the chocolate Nutella donuts? Yes. That's yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> then you can go off down the coast yeah. and not feel guilty about exactly. a big walk. <laughs> but uh, that's cool. It's given us a bit of insight and a bit of background. So take us back a bit. I know you used to work at Cotton On. Do you want to take us through your time at Cotton On. How long did you spend there and when did you start coming up for the ideas for a For business? this, yep. So um, I worked at Cotton On, God, maybe like four or five years ago and I was there for about a year and a half and I was I was in Denim there as well. So I was one of their product developers for Denim. Um, uh, <clears throat> when I was there, I just, it, I knew that really made me realise that no, I can't work for someone else. Because when I first got that job, it was my first sort of paid career job, like, oh, yeah, I'm working in denim. Denim was always my thing. I loved it. 
um, this is it. Like I can move up the ladder and that's amazing. And then when I got there, I just realized that I couldn't, nothing against the company, it's amazing. But for me, I couldn't be in the rat race. I couldn't, a large company, I wanted, I felt like a bit of a number, just yep. a number, um, replaceable. And the whole fast fashion thing was a bit of a play yep. in my mind, you know. Um, like in discussions with the impact that denim does have, and especially then in the fast fashion, you know, um, platform, it's it's a little bit hard. And so I just knew I had to work for myself and somehow shape that form a little bit differently. And then I was running with a different business with the swimwear. And then when that ended last year, I kind of had that soul searching moment where it was like, well, you have an identity that you see yourself as like, oh, I was swimwear, you know, but yeah. I wasn't happy. And so that ended and you do the whole cliche, like get into nature, meditate. What do I really want to do? <laughs> Take your shoes off. Take your shoes off, bare feet. Feel the grass under your toes. All your problems will be solved. Yeah. And it really, it really did like COVID was that space for me to just pause. And I knew I loved vintage. I, I, would steal my grandmother's all her denim shirts and her jeans and stuff always and then this just came about and I always did tailoring under the table as well so it was just like an amalgamation of all of those things yeah it's very cool so sustainability as well was that a big part of it yeah well coming from a fast fashion big global business um I didn't want to be in that space and knowing what how it can be different so with denim um i feel like the vintage it's like wine the older it is the better it is and so i don't see the point in buying new denim especially for that sustainability aspect there's so much wastage and cost um it's super energy intensive isn't it yeah a lot of water can you give an idea to our listeners of how much energy is consumed in one making of one pair of jeans uh, I know, Do you that, know the stats. No, I don't know the stats off my head, but the water—it's a lot of the water in um, yeah. in the cotton that you use in the cotton milling and everything. There's thousands of something like thousands of liters to make one pair, yeah. and you know, don't go back and quote me on that. Yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> Sorry, I think you're right. Yeah, and it's yeah, I just don't see the point because vintage denim is the better denim anyway. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it wears better, it looks better, and I, I just think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a cool initiative. So <clears throat> people now with Scout for Vintage can bring in their old jeans, yep. get them repaired, and yep. they can also buy a new pair of jeans which have been repaired off the rack. Is that yeah. how it works? So, um, yeah, so there's the two levels of it. Um, so I only import vintage denim, so, so that's like pre-loved, and sometimes people kind of they can't really get their head around that like they're like oh is this an op shop or is this you know like (laughs) oh are they second hand (laughs) like yeah they are but they're all in amazing condition when i get them in if they if i get my load in and i then curate from that so it's all a grade jeans from like the 60s 70s 80s 90s i can see actually a pair of levi's there yeah so i have a bunch of levi's like a lot of the old 501s as well they barely go on the shelves and then 
you know, there's when I get them in, there's all these little cool dating tricks with Levi's with the colour of the tags and if it's a big E and like chain stitching and all that. So that's kind of cool. Um, but they come in, the vintage comes in, customers, if they want a pair of jeans, they can just get it off the rack. If it's too big for them, too long for them, or they want a different shape, I taper it, for, do all of that for them. Um, but if they have a pair of jeans, if they want to go even further with that sustainability and they just have a pair that they think, I'm not going to throw this out, yep. just bring that in and I can mend it or if they don't fit anymore, I can refit it and, mm -hmm. and that's it. So, and often that's half the price of getting a new pair of jeans. Yeah, that's a very cool initiative. Yeah. You do have a favourite pair of jeans and you can wear them for two or three years and then you get a tiny little hole in them. Yeah. People just throw them in the... Absolutely, they're gone. it's all too hard to fix them. Yeah. All the rest are they sit, are they just sit in their cupboard for the next 10 years yeah. and like, oh, I won't wear it yet. Not oh. many people have a sewing machine either. That's it. Days. Yeah, or a mum that can sew. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a dying art as well. Mm. But uh, is there a third aspect where you can just bring in your old jeans and leave them with you? Um, at this stage, no. no. So I don't, I don't um, take on jeans that people want to don't sort of want. sell off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Or not even sell off, but just donate. They do at the provide. Like I use that for patchings. Yep. So if they like, oh, I just, it has to be a sort of a, a quality of the denim. Like if it's all worn out, I just, I won't take it. Yep. Um, but if they've just got jeans, like look, I it's going to the op shop or whatever. Yeah. I take it and every every time I need to mend someone's jeans or patch it, then I'll use those that denim to do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And you get it seems like you got a few other products there. Yeah, so when I started the business on top of jeans, that is. Yeah, on top of denim, yeah. So when I started the business, it was a general alterations. Um, with the goal for me to be moving into denim only. So mm -hmm. I'm currently in that process now. So just getting busy enough, getting um, denim in, enough denim. So the clothes that you can see there, the non-denim, like the dresses and the shirts and stuff, um, they're all things to be picked up and I kind of only take, I only take alterations for denim now. Mm. So it's a basically just a denim shop. Yeah. Mm. We get a lot of listeners, that's cool as well. We get a lot of listeners that are kind of making that transition from amateur to professional or hobbyist to, you know, full-time business person. You can take, retrace back to your decision making around cotton on and do you remember how hard it was to make that decision to say goodbye and because they're a fairly good employer by all accounts and all the rest and good company and yep. good local employer. How did you deal with that? Was it a matter of just going right and doing this and yeah, don't it, look back? Yeah, it was actually really hard but not because of cotton on but because of the team I was in. Um, when you're at Cotton On, you you have your teams. So I, my denim team, we were all we were so close. There was like four of us, and I was just like, I can't break up the team. Oh my <laughs> god, I just that's what I struggled with. But I left Cotton On because I had I had a ticket to New York, and I went there because I was kind of pushing the swimmer over there a little bit. Um, and so for me, it was a really easy decision to leave Cotton On in that aspect. Because I was like, see ya. I'm off to the States, <laughs> um, but it was, I knew, I knew I would, didn't want to be there, big business, it wasn't hard, yeah. like, I just knew it, it was, it was easy. It was just the hard part was saying goodbye to your team? Yeah. 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 How long well, were you in the States for? <clears throat> well, I went over there with the hopes of maybe getting, like, a, a job or something as well, so, you know, you get that three months just tourist, and then you get the job over there, and then come back, but 
and then you get your visa while you're there. Yep. But I ended up just doing three months and coming back. I basically ran out of money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not um, cheap in New York. Oh, so bad. And then I, I didn't even stay in New York because I knew that oh, I was just blowing through money. So I was like, great. So then I just th- flew over to California and then I ended up going up to like Lake Tahoe and oh, stayed yeah. there for a little while. And yep. yeah, just ended up having a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And then came back three months later. Any gl- glamping at Lake Tahoe? Or camping. Hostel, yeah. I was Sounds in like a... I was camping by this day. Yeah, no, I was in, yeah, I should have been, yeah. No, I was in the hostel, like, so I was in this hostel for three weeks or so, and I kind of did my max time, you know, unless I wanted to get a job at the hostel. It's like, no, it's time to move on now. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is not a unit. <laughs> so that was just a painted timeline. How long ago? That was in um, 2014 or, or oh, that... 15, 2015. Yeah, so good Something six like years that. ago. Yeah, yeah. So you've had your... Oh, no, 16. I don't know, around 15, 16. So you've had the swimwear label in between. Yes. Plus part-time jobs and yep. just finding your feet yep. here on the coast. Yep. And RMIT was before that, again. Yeah, yeah, RMIT was before that. So you've been at it for quite a few years now, getting yeah. lots of experience. Yeah. Um, not our first guest, actually, to have the same ideas about leaving corporate world. And we've had Alison White, who left Cotton On, and Caroline Tickle from... Max Dead Clothing, who mm. also left Cotton On. Mm. So, yeah, that seems to be a little bit of a trend. Yeah. And they're a massive employer of people in Torquay and Surf Coast, aren't they, Cotton On? So. Yeah, yeah, you kind of leave, if you get a job at Cotton On, you Don't sort leave. of, yeah, you leave Melbourne and then come to the coast. Like, that's, yeah. it's yeah. the lifestyle they sell as well. Yeah. Same as Ripco, if you yeah. job there, you generally don't leave. But yeah. we've had a few guests that have left there too, Natalie mm. Martin being one. Yeah. But uh, that's all good and seem like you're quite busy day to day. There's a lot to manage here. You've got your, your shop front here in, yeah. in town. Have you got any favourite tools or apps to, to manage your day? Um, software tools, that is? Not really software. Mm. Like, I don't really, I'm, I don't know. Honestly, the only software that I really use is, like, Square for um, payments. payments and sort of accounting stuff and then Google Calendar and I never really... Yeah, no, nah, it's all it's all very mechanical and hands-on. Like even the pattern making. So I'm I'm at the moment I'm starting an actual denim brand, so oh, wow. Scout Denim, which is um, taking sort of jeans that aren't selling or jeans that I don't think are a marketable style. So it's like the jeans you see in the window. Yep. It's two different pairs of jeans sewn together to create a different style. Um, so with that pattern making, I don't use any software, which in the big businesses, that's what they use. It's all, for me, it's all hands and like textures and drawn and that sort of stuff. So, some social media for Instagram. Yeah. 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 As, as, as best as I can. Like, it's yeah. not my thing, yeah. but I, yeah, that's right now, it's my only marketing like outlet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how we found you in the first place as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. That's it. It does its, does its thing, Instagram. Yeah. Especially for local areas. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of local businesses that we pick up on. Well, yeah, and you you sort of question it, isn't it? Like, they have to have an Instagram no matter how big or small, I think. That's kind of how people notice you at all. You don't even really Google people anymore. Yeah. Mm. When we were on our road trip um, just recently... I'd Google the cafe and then I'd go- look up their Instagram and yeah. look at like what they call what they have like, their whatever. menu. Yeah. yeah, I was like, we'll go there. Yeah, absolutely. What their seats are like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking, the jeans that you sell that that you resell, where do they come from? 
They come from the UK and the States. And the States. Yeah. So you just buy them what online? Basically, yeah. So I've I go to my distributor and I go I say what I want. So there's a package that I get that's Lee Wrangler and Levi's, that old classic. And then they send over a bunch of that, a bun a big bundle. And just on the subject of online, any plans to sell online? Or do you already? Um whole nother Yeah, game? like yes is the answer um, but I find it so hard to time manage the online and then this shop just also because I don't have size breaks in the jeans so going through and photographing all of the jeans is a really is time consuming and then they could sell that day and then I got to upload more and like keep changing it um, so I'd love to get someone to, in to help and that would be their job okay. yeah eventually I'm just thinking in terms of time management, you've got the, the sewing machine there on the on the bench top. Yeah. And you've got people coming in and mm. looking as a retailer mm. as well. How do you manage when it's really, really busy? Super tricky. Yeah. Yeah, it's really tricky. Um, do you like get halfway through, you're fully focused and you just don't want to serve customers? All, all the, yeah, I don't want to say I don't want to serve them, but <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, it gets stressful. Like um in and even you might be dead one day and you're like, oh, you say to a customer, oh, it'll be ready by tomorrow, like, don't worry. And then that afternoon, you've got four other customers that come in and so you haven't even been able to jump on the machine that day. Yeah. You're like, jeez, like, yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to work late that day, you know. So you just got to put in more hours in certain places and you, you have to relook at um, educating the customer, okay, well, this is the way the service is. Um, mm -hmm. It'll be with you within the next three days, probably earlier, but just to, so that they're aware of how the dynamic of the shop works, because yeah, that's that's a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And how, uh, what's your primary method for like telling your story? You mentioned social media, how are you getting the word out? Is this when people come in the shop, you start telling your story? And yeah, currently it's word of mouth. So um, yeah, when people come in, I tell them, because yeah, it does just look like a, a denim shop and even the way the jeans are hung is a little bit different. So I, I try and explain to them that the fits don't really matter because they can be changed. So it's more just about the wash because people come in and they're like, oh, I really want a light blue jean or I want a white one. So we just go straight to that, put it on and then we can see how it can be changed. Mm -hmm. yep. And then I've always got more jeans out the back as well. So yeah. if they want a specific shape, I just come out then with that pile and then we go from there. Yeah, yeah, so it's building word of mouth. Word of mouth, great. yeah. Actually, Caroline Tickle, we, had, we caught up with Caroline and Ed from Maxted at the Stoop Cafe. Oh, yeah. And we came out and she said, you should interview my friend Jody. And yeah. Like, what? What? Where, where is Jody? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's her store. Yeah. And she was telling us the story, so that's a good example. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's simply just because it's only been eight months or whatever it is since I've opened. I really want to get more of a marketing plan together. But currently, it's kind of one of those, it's not even on the main street. It is right now a little place that you kind of have to hear about it and know yeah. what it really is to be able to come in and understand how to shop here because mm -hmm. it's, it's not the traditional structure of a normal shop. Yeah. Um, so it takes time to learn that. And for people on the surf coast, what's the street? Z it's going to say Zilly Bay Road. That's my address, <laughs> which is that, that street. But Cliff Street, opposite Cliff street. Stoop, is the easiest way, Cliff Street. Yeah, but my address, if they Google it, it's 5A Zilly Bay Road, which is behind Olay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the old chop chop. If you're in Melbourne and you want to get down and have a look, or if you're on the surf coast, then make sure you pop in. Yep. So 
Jess had some questions about... Uh, who inspires you in business? I don't really have one pillar of person that I like, ah, oh, you know, yeah. they're amazing. <laughs> um, like I do, but generally it's just like I love the hustlers. Whenever I listen to podcasts, it's about people that have, you know, started from nothing. They're the most inspiring people and that have just hustled their way up to the top. And they're the people that just I, I, I listen in the morning and like that gets you like, yeah. you know, jived up for the day um, because it's bloody hard yeah and it's you have a million reasons to not do it a million reasons to not do it yep. so you just have to get your own network then and they're the only people that are telling you all the reasons to do it yeah. listen to the podcast you know your friends your partners any of that sort of stuff because there's so much negativity isn't it oh and it and half of it's in your head yeah yeah so you can um, be your own worst enemy most absolutely and so you just have to be that breakaway person. So the inspiration just comes from all of those people that have just hustled their way to the top. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Mm. That, that's not actually a podcast. That's, you're just saying in No, general, yeah, no. Hustlers. Yeah, in it's general. It's actually a cool name for a podcast. Yeah. Hustlers. Hustlers, yeah. <laughs> we might change the name. There you go. You can have that one. <laughs> do you listen to the Surf Coast Creators? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. And like a bunch of my friends have been on it, you know, like you had Rowan Jeffrey on it like a little while ago and Caroline and yeah, it's it's interesting. Oh yeah, Rebrena Martinich and Jeffrey yeah. Karen. Yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah. Like Jeffrey rolled into our coffee mate one month. We uh, hadn't yeah. met him before and turned yeah. out to be one of them. Yeah, Australia's the most amazing artist. Yeah, <laughs> that's the same as Rowena as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's great to have those guys on the podcast. And yeah, you just never know who you uncover. Yeah, and that was all from our coffee meet. Yeah, yeah, I want to get to one of those. It's just I can never get there. You got to do one before hours. Yeah, yeah, before hours. Yeah. Actually, a few other people have said the same thing. But then, yeah, I wonder how many we'd get at seven a.m. 7.30. Yeah. Well, the serves pumping. We'll, yeah, well, I don't really serve, so I don't care about that. <laughs> well, it sounds like we'll have you locked in yeah. for sure if we do 7am, but hopefully you get to one of our coffees soon. Uh, your best piece of advice? Like trying to start something or jump into yeah. something. Um, well, they probably already started something and then just don't know what to do with, with regard to next steps in order to grow. And it sounds so easy and like burr but just do it and that's yep. anything that's even if it's like send the email like just do it just send the email just do something in that day mm. like just do it just stop being a dreamer like yep. i just have this weird i hate like i know dreamers are in transition but i hate dreamers like you just have to do it just scuff your knees do it it's Roll this up little, the sleeves and get dirty. Yeah, this little, when I was at uni, I went to this little Italian guy to pick up buttons for something. And he was like, Jody, come in. I want to give you some advice. And it just sat with me. He was like, even just do the dishes. Just do it. Like, you, because yeah. you get full of anxiety when you get boggled down with things. And that's where it just bottlenecks and you just don't do anything. And you just don't make the reach out for those contacts and, you know, to yeah. progress. So, yeah. Yeah, just I think do good it. advice. Yeah. Just baby steps. Baby steps. Break it down. Like, it's not like, oh, I want to own a massive company. Break that down. Yeah. What do you have to do today? Yeah. Rather than, I want to be Patagonia tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Patagonia's how old now? 50 years or something? Yeah. Rip Curl's 50 years. Patagonia's getting up there. And, yeah, that didn't happen overnight. No. Businesses. Everything is just steps. And even those steps get broken down into steps. And that just yeah. makes it so much easier. Mm. 
So just find the, the easiest possible task that you can do. Yeah. Email. Yeah, that's something. You've done something to get through, yeah. like to progress. And then if you d keep doing that that day and that week, you've sent 50 emails. You know, that's something. Yeah. I've noticed with the podcast when we're away for two weeks, things just die. It's like, wow, us taking action actually does yeah. create stuff. Yeah. Because you, th you kind of think, you know, if we did nothing, what would happen? You know, would mm. we still get inquiries and leads mm. and mm. conversations going? And the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we've got to take action and do stuff. Yeah. Social media or an email or a message or... There's always something else. Yeah. And people are just looking at what's in their face most of the time. Yeah. And so you have to be in people's faces, you know. Be the most annoying person in the room. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the title for the episode. Yeah. Yeah. The most annoying person. Person in the room. <laughs> no, I, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So enjoying life on the coast and got any plans for the future? Where do you want to take the business? Yeah. So I want to have my own um, denim brand. So alongside the vintage shop, um, promoting sustainable denim and shopping. Um, taking that to the next level and having Scout Denim, which is its own brand and company, um, using wasted garments that sort of aren't sellable. So it's kind of taking them then to the next step. So creating a zero waste brand and sort of closing the circle. Mm. Um, that gets quoted a lot now, doesn't it? Closing the loop. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think consumers are really going that way. They're interested in it. I yeah. think people are smarter with the way they're shopping. And that's it. And even with a shop like this, even if it's it's any budget, anyone can be sustainable. Like right now, a lot of sustainable brands are high end. But if you can honestly only afford that cotton on denim, that's no no one's judgment. But you can bring it in here to be fixed. Yep. You know, so it's being inclusive to yep. everyone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a great initiative and yeah, part of that closing loop and uh, sustainability and all the rest. So congratulations on your on your progress to date. Thank you. Did you have any more questions, Jess? Yeah, I wanted to know. <laughs> sorry. Jess has got um, 15 questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, now I wanted to know, like, what do you think your biggest challenge to date has been since opening the store? Since this, yeah, store. Uh, delegating my own time in terms of servicing the shop and putting time for growth yep. so say I have 10 jeans I need to alter saying no to myself they can wait today I need to focus on where my business growth is today yep. like reaching out to plant business planning and that sort of stuff that's my biggest challenge because I just get bogged down like no I need to I need to do um, I need to do the work that's in front of me but then all I'm going to be is an alteration shop yep. and I don't want that that's not the goal yep. so I think yeah, saying no to certain things to put in time for growth rather than the work that's just in front of you, that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. And do you have like a mentor or someone that's helped you? Um, no, it's just really my experience that's on my back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, cool. that's it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And like listening to pet podcasts and, you know, guests such as what you guys have on and that sort of thing and just mentally reflecting on yourself. Yeah. Mm. Are there any stores in the US that you like took? Where did you get your like inspiration for the store? Or, um, there or wasn't any other store. Yeah. yeah. No, there wasn't. It was just my skills and kind of that period of time where I had my bare feet in the grass, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm like, what do I want to do? And this was it. 
So you had the moment where you're like, I want to create this denim store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't. It didn't even look like this because yeah. I didn't even think at the time, oh, I'll have a shop because you don't know how big it's going to get. Yeah. And so then this shop came up for for lease and I was like, that's perfect. It's an old garage essentially. Like, how yeah. cool yeah. is that? Yeah. It's super street. It's like. It's not pretentious. There's, I don't, you know, I don't see any other shops like that in Torquay. Yeah. Um, it's this is just a reflection of what was in my head. Yeah. And my boyfriend, I, I have to, he <laughs> built this for me. So, um, <laughs> yeah, blood, sweat, and his money. <laughs> no, he is amazing. Like yeah. when you talk about network and having people around you that support you, yeah. like I, Did kudos you? to him. He's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a keeper. He is a keeper. <laughs> I have to say that. <laughs> Tick that one off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't edit that out. Don't edit that out. Uh, it's all very cool. I was just thinking about fast fashion and just for some of our listeners that may not be familiar with fast fashion and some of the damage it can, can do. Do you want to take us through fast fashion? Like just explain it. Well, fast fashion is sort of production at a really like high rate. So factories, um, not necessarily in third world countries, that's just where it predominantly is. But producing, producing too many garments to what basically can be consumed, essentially. And to the, qu- the quality is less because it's all about pumping them out. So, you know, often big brands, they'll, you know, just, for example, order 100 units of a certain garment, but only maybe 20 will be sold at full price. And then they'll mark it down to 50% and then they might get sold and then the rest is wasted, maybe sent to op shops, maybe sent to landfill. Oh, right. Yeah, but then also with those fast fashion clothes, they're mainly built on trends. And the thing about trends is they come and go as mm. fast you know, as they came. So if somebody's bought a pair of jeans or a T-shirt or a dress because a trend came, then as soon as that trend goes, that's irrelevant now that dress so then that goes in they send that to the op shop or to landfill they're literally going straight to landfill exactly yeah yeah trend-based fashion is dangerous i think in that way that's why i've yeah I've, i've always tried to steer away from the trend stuff what's timeless what's easy what's you know what's classic yeah yeah but do you get inspiration from Patagonia? Because I know they share similar sentiments about fast fashion and yeah, well, they're completely, I, they're a completely model. different model, yeah. different customer sort of thing. Like they're like more of an action adventure sort of company, whereas this is street casual. I think that they're an amazing company. Absolutely, they have so many other things beyond their fashion. You know, like yeah. all of their initiatives environmentally. Is making clothes from 100% plastic bottles. And yeah, it's almost materials. like their their clothes are just something for their followers to buy into. Yeah, mm. like their followers. It's like an ideology. Something. Yeah, it's their ideology, and so they're like, oh well, I w- now want to wear their clothes yeah. because of that. And they yeah. pay a premium for it. Yeah. And they're happy to. They're happy to. Yeah. Because it's having a good impact on the environment. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a great story. Awesome initiative. So. We're conscious too. They have to get the shop open this morning and scout yeah. the scout the board. She's sitting out the front, yeah, gu- guarding the front door. Come back in. Yeah. <laughs> She's happy out there. Podcasters. Yeah. Get out of my shop. <laughs> so we'll let you get back to it. But where can listeners go to keep following your story? The best place is to go on my Instagram, um, which is Scout for Vintage. Yeah, and that's it. I have a thing at the moment where 
a new promotion that if people who have come into the shop and they've bought some jeans or had some tailoring, if they take a selfie and share it on Instagram, then they will get free tailoring. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, free tailoring, and I do that every month. So every month you just put a photo up of yourself and tag Scout for Vintage. Um, so it doesn't have to be in a pair of jeans or...? Well, from something that you had tailored or bought here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to show us and just give a little spiel about the shop and then you go into that draw that month and then the winner gets free tailoring and then it just gets refreshed the next month. Oh, cool. Yeah. You've had quite a few entries for that. I've just started it. Yeah. Oh, this is... Yeah, just started it. Cool. Yeah, cool. Sounds mm. great. I might get on there and... Yeah. <laughs> you need to bring your jeans in. need a bit yeah. of tailoring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just where can our listeners go to keep following Surf Coast Creatives uh... and get Jodie's podcast? So head to the website, surfcoastcreatives.com. Um, the podcast and everything's on there. And then over at Facebook and Instagram, Surf Coast Creatives, all one word. Yeah, we've got mini masterclasses and a few other exciting things happening as well on top of the podcast. So nice. trying to cover a range of subjects for people, not just photography, yeah. which is my <laughs> topic. It's uh, my area of expertise. But yeah, definitely design, illustration, marketing, maybe even tailoring or something practical yeah, like that down whenever. the track. But Absolutely. Yeah, we've got that happening as well, so get along and subscribe to our newsletter too. Hmm. At surfcoastcreatives.com. Otherwise, Jody, thanks very much for your time today and well done on all your progress today. It's a great initiative and yeah, if listeners are in Torquay or tuning in from Melbourne, then make sure you drop in and just come say in and hello. say hi. Yeah. 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 Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. No cool. Thanks, Jody. Thank you.